Mm. All right, guys, it is Rick Ginn, and <laughs> today I am live, and we are talking all about ARVs on how to find it in another two minutes and actually how to make an offer in under two minutes. And the funny thing is, I know I usually figure everything like 10 minutes. The whole idea of today's live is to teach you and to implore you not to waste time doing stuff that realtors don't do. Hold on one sec. I'm going to show you why you want to do it the way I'm going to teach it to you. And if you've been doing it the other way, I'm going to open your eyes up because I've been doing wholesaling for 21 years. And all I hear people do is talking about comp this comp that you got to spend more time comping. I, I, I'm here to tell you guys, it's not the route you want to go because comping is all about realtors and that's what they do. They go for the yes on it. And I'm going to teach you why that doesn't work for a realtor. And this will be quite easy. So if you guys are new to this channel, my name is Rick Kim. I am a longtime wholesaler, 21 years, <clears throat> and I actually enjoy what I do. Um, I love chasing real estate deals. A lot of times now real estate deals chase me, but I put in the time and I want to show you how to get started in wholesaling, not only how to get started, though, how to actually flourish. And if you guys are new to this channel, do me a favor, just go over. Um, if you've never done anything with wholesaling before or you have an interest in it, I want to show you. If you go over to freewholesaling.com, let me put it on the bottom here. This is a course me and my son have created. It is 100% free. I've had it out for a long time. And I update it on a weekly, if not daily basis. And we don't only show you how to get your first deal. We show you how to make your first hundred grand all from this course, 100% free. But here's the secret, guys. You actually have to bring, put my coffee down. You actually have to bring your A game and you actually have to put in the work. So if that is you and wholesaling has really rung tr true to you, and you want to learn how to do it. It's not a get rich quick scheme. To be honest with you, a lot of other people can teach you that. I don't do that. I'm not going to over market you and tell you you're going to get rich overnight type of deal. But I will tell you, if you really want to change the trajectory of your life, your family's life, your kid's life, your mom's, your dad's, and everybody else involved, wholesaling can do it. It did it for me. It's done it for my son. And honestly, if I didn't make that change 21 years ago, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. So Go over to that course, 100% free. I promise you I won't ask you for a credit card or anything like that. And that is the best way. Now, there's two ways to get in contact with me. Real simple. You have your comment section. So drop your comments in there. you got a question. Introduce us. Let us know what market you're from. It helps me decide who is watching me. Gives us plenty of feedback. And honestly, you might make a friend along the way. There's a lot of people that work together in these groups. Why not? you're all in the exact same boat. So I remember the first day I started wholesaling, like it was, it's like burnt in my brain. And I don't forget that. I only talk about wholesaling on this channel. I do not walk you down the latest, greatest fads, anything like that. And I want to share it with you. So you have the comments. The second way is there is a link. If you go in the comments section under Rick Gibb, I believe it's my top comment. There's some funny numbers. There's a link in there. That is the StreamYard link. If you want to do a one-on-one -on -one and talk directly with me, just click that link. 
And we can talk about anything with wholesaling, real estate, talk about your mindset. If you're working on a deal, we can talk together on that. And a really cool thing, it's free. So use it or lose it. It is completely up to you. Now, if you really enjoy this comment today, please make sure you smash the like button. And really, most importantly, make sure you subscribe to this channel. The more people that subscribe, just like you're going to do right here, wink, wink, it helps other people find this content so they don't get ripped off by every guru in the industry trying to teach wholesaling. Listen, if you're new to wholesaling and you announce it to the world, you are a mark for gurus to take your money, to sell you a dream that probably won't work out. The difference here is me and Zach, especially myself, I'm here to teach you actually how to do wholesaling because this is what I do as a full-time gig. This is all I've done for the last 21 years. Absolutely phenomenal. So let's jump into it. Um, I'm going to jump into my teaching segment here and my screen's a little bit sideways. So you're going to see a lot of side head today. I just apologize on that. So, so how do you do an ARV in under two minutes and make that comp? Number one, you got to understand what's the difference in comping? Like, what does he mean by the difference in comping? Well, there's realtors that do comps and you got to understand why they do the comps. And then there's wholesalers that do comps. And then there's real estate investors, particularly fix and flips that do comps. Now I will tell you this, nobody spends more time doing comps than fix and flip people. And the honest to God truth is these are most of the people that you're selling to. <clears throat> but the reality is for today's presentation, we're going to make this simple. I'm going to show you the difference how a realtor comps and how a wholesaler comps. And if you can grasp this concept, I mean, you can really, really grasp it. This should change how you look at comping because you're thinking like, Rick, how the hell do you want me to do this in two minutes? I can barely pull it up on my computer in two minutes. That's the entire point of it. I want you to explain this to you. So first off, realtors search for hours for the perfect comps to justify their listing agreements for a yes. You understand that? They want to show the absolute highest comp that's nine times in 10 way off the charts to influence the seller so they can get a yes to sign that a listing agreement. To be brutally honest with you, it has very little for what the property is ever going to sell for. I know I got realtors watching this. You probably deep down know this is the truth. It is the truth. I know you're never going to admit it. That's fine. I'm okay with it. This is the truth. Realtors go for a yes because they inflate the number as high as they possibly can. So the seller commits to them. Nine times out of 10, they have what we call a coming to Jesus meeting after 30 days of listing to tell them what the price is, what the house is really going to sell for. Okay. Remember the higher the price they can convince their seller, the more excited the seller gets. And the seller says, well, heck for that price, you'll not only cover your realtor fee, you're going to make me an extra like $50,000. You guys know listing agreements are just what they say they are. They are a listing. And in my opinion, you only get one shot to have a really good listing. If you miss the number, it goes stale. 
which is why we're having this conversation today and why I want you to avoid doing it this way. If you operate just like I have one on the screen, you will be destroyed as a wholesaler. Stop trying to get a yes on everything and understand this is meant for realtors so they can fight their business out. Remember, they're not buying the house. They're just marketing and selling the house. And the word marketing is a very loose word. So let me jump over. Here's, here's, now here's going to be the gut kicker. Here's how wholesalers comp. You ready? We quickly search comps to see if we have a deal to go for a no. You see, wholesalers actually want to get a comp so they can go for a no. And a realtor wants to get a comp, go knee deep into it so they can get a yes on their listing agreement. So we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. So the reality is the realtor has to spend a ton of time on the comps. And this is where most of you get it wrong. You spend so much time on comps that you're doing yourself a disservice. You've got to ask yourself this question right here. Which one do you want to be? And if you can't answer this question I'm presenting right in front of you right now, you're going to struggle with this. You're going to struggle this for the rest of your career. You're going to wind up quitting. Stop. Guys, comps, honestly, and comps just short for comparable. Somebody's for the first time figuring this. Realtors need a yes. So if your property normally sells for $350,000, the realtor goes, you know what? I think I can get you $399.9. And so many sellers go, oh my God, you get me $399.9. They actually artificially think that's what it's going to sell for. Now, most of the time it doesn't sell. There are some exceptions to the market, but the reality is it doesn't. And then at the end, that's when they get pissed off with realtors. That's where wholesalers are absolutely perfect. So we are going to do the exact opposite of what a realtor does. Okay. You guys, I've met realtors. I like, trust me. I own a real estate company. I watch realtors spend four and five hours doing comps. Why? Okay. If you're doing that as a wholesaler right now, stop. It doesn't work. It is going to turn you into a realtor and you're not going to make any money. Once I got this pivotal moment, my wholesaling changed completely. See, I'm not a comp guy. I'm one of the worst compers you'll ever meet. And I want to keep it that way. Because the better you come at comping, the less efficient you are as a wholesaler because your skill set is not about comping. That's a realtor skill set. They, they want to try to get the perfect comp every time. They take so much pride in the comp. And the reality is, are you really going to get a good comp because you're somewhat guessing to a point off previous history? And if the market's changing and moving, it's never going to be perfectly accurate. So there's a lot of wholesalers out there bragging about how great of a comper they are. I can assure you, a good wholesaler is not, they're just, we're average at comping and that's all you ever want to be. Because if you think you are going to finish off your wholesaling business and put it over the edge by becoming a better comper, you're on the wrong side of the equation. Comping is about when you go to dispo the property. And obviously we have to get it for a discount. It has to be so obvious and so apparent that you just knock it out of the park. And the reality is most realtors that, I'm sorry, most wholesalers that spend so much time comping 
over and over. Cause you guys go, Rick, can you help me comp something? I know if I'm helping you comp something, you're not getting it cheap enough. The comp isn't going to save you. And most wholesalers that are struggling to get good deals, when they get a deal, they try to comp their way to a profitable way to get it done. And it's the easiest way for you to get killed. The comp will never make you more money. The only true comp is what a cash buyer will pay for the property. And other than that, you're guessing appraisals is a permission slip for the bank. End of story. I've seen a million appraisals. It doesn't matter what it is. So you got to understand that going into it. So let's just do, here's my, here's my only rule for, I have basically two simple rules for comp. Number one, I make sure it's in the same geographic area. Okay. Hopefully within a mile, a half mile, quarter mile, if you can dial it in, but you know how it works. The second rule, just remove the highs and the lows. I can't go in on another wholesaler that bought a property for 50 grand, expect everyone to sell me the house at 50 grand, nor can I use the comp that's 399.9 and expect everyone to do that. In some cases, you can't remove the high and lows, but for the average, try to stay away from it. You want the most conservative comp, and I'm not talking about the $50,000 comp because you know that's probably not going to stick and it's just going to piss people off. So you got to be somewhere in the middle and that's all you ever want to be on a comp. You don't want to, if you're on the extreme right side of the comp on the higher side, <laughs> you're trying to justify why you overpaid for the comp. And by the way, I can see wholesalers coming at me and Zach a mile away when they go, hey, Rick, can you help me comp something? If I have to help you comp it, I guarantee you've overpaid for it. I'm guaranteeing you. Guys, I'm talking from personal experience. If you're not getting the message, jump on the live. I will smack it into you. Okay, here's, here's the secret. It's data, not a search mission. You are not going to find your, your offer price inside the comps. If you don't see it in the first two minutes, especially 10 minutes, it ain't coming. I think some of you guys are secretly searching the comps to see if one just pops up and will help you out. It's not coming. I used to try that. Put in the comments if you've done that. If you haven't figured this out, any YouTube influencer guru that all they do is focus about comps, how good they are on it, they're nothing more than a glorified realtor. And I'm willing to bet you 90% of them have their real estate license. I know that's going to sting. I know there's plenty of gurus watching it, but let me know if you have a real estate license if you talk about comping, because that's what you guys do. Comping to me, it is second nature. It is after the fact. Now let's get in the nitty gritty on how this works. Here's the only reason that a wholesaler wants to know the comp. You ready? Comps help wholesalers determine motivation, not a listing price. So since you're not doing a listing price, why are you spending all this time comping something? A comp should only help you determine a seller's motivation. That's it. Okay. And guys, if I haven't taught you anything, a highly motivated seller will have a substantially lower number than the average comp. If they're close, it usually means you're not getting a good deal. And maybe they're not motivated or maybe it's a combination of both. That's it. Move on. I've seen people spend weeks, months, if not years, obsessing over comps to try to get a deal done. 
you're on the wrong side of the equation. You have to go back to the marketing side. Wholesalers focus on marketing, on locating motivated sellers. Realtors focus on dispositions. That's it. And the only marketing aspect a realtor does is to try to get the listing. And what better way to get a listing than create such a high comp that my listing will not only pay for my realtor's fee, but it's going to put an extra 50 grand in your pocket. It is the easiest conversation in the world to have. Now, us wholesalers don't have that luxury because when we buy, that's it. If we buy it for 200,000, that's it. They're making 30 grand. They're making 30 grand. But realtors have like this fake thing going on. Like, ah, because a listing price doesn't mean squat. It's like an appraisal. It's like a BPO. It doesn't matter. So what I'm telling you is stop acting like a realtor and stop spending time all your comping. I, as a wholesaler, I'm just going to use my comp to determine if I have motivation. And if the two numbers are too close together, there's probably little to no motivation and I'm overpaying for the property and I need to go back to marketing and I need to find people that need to sell their house because I just screwed around dealing with somebody who wants to sell my house and I wasted five hours of my personal time doing it. That's it. If you figure that out, I promise you, you're going to come to that realization and your life will change. It's because so many wholesalers are trying to operate in the realtor's world. If you want to be a realtor, just admit it. Come clean. I got no problem with it, but you got to go over there. Stop trying to be in both worlds. And people who spend a ton of time talking about comping, nine times out of 10, they got their realtor's license because that's what they do. They train you how to comp. I hate that stuff. Okay. So, Here's the next truth. This one's going to hurt. And this took me a long time to grasp this concept. So we always talk about MAO. That's for maximal allowable offer. And you notice I rarely, if ever, use this word. And I only use it as a teachable moment because it creates huge crushes, crutches for everybody. Okay. MAO is a crutch for most wholesaler. You're like that guy or gal walking around limping on one leg with one crutch under your arm because you dislocated your knee or something. But here's the problem. A lot of you are stuck with this crutch and it's got MAO written down the side of your leg because you try to stay so close to it. Okay. MAO is for maximum allowable offer. And the idea is you calculate what's the most you can pay for a property. Now, I'm not saying you don't need to know that. Here's where the problem comes in. Most wholesalers are taught by gurus who were ever Mickey Mouse. I don't know, Donald Duck. And you figure that number and you, you, you think you have to come close to offering that number because you need a yes right off the bat. And if you think that's what you need to do, if the property's worth 300 grand and your MAO is like 270 and you offer 260 right off the bat and they say, no, what are you going to do? You're screwed. You got nowhere to go. You're at the end of the rope. Pack it up, Sally. Call it a day. It's over. And I'm telling you, stop it. Know your MAO. Stop getting so damn close on it on the first offer. You're wasting your time. And you know what? A lot of times you'll get a yes and you find out you left a ton of money on the table and you try to get a reduction and you look ridiculous trying to get it because it's embarrassing. So I'm going to teach you how to stop that. It's real simple. Do it the other way around. Know your MAO. I don't want you touching it. And you can touch it if that's the only way you're going to get it done, but it's going to 
be tight. Okay. I want you to think LAO, your least allowable offer and change the conversation. You see, if you go in with an MAO and your MAO is 270 and you offer 260 and you get rejected, what are you going to, you're going to offer 265, 270. The reality is when you attack your MAO first, your seller's bottom line number, it tends to move up. They go, wow, I didn't think they'd offer me like 260 right off the bat. Maybe I can get 290. I was willing to take 280, but based on his or her numbers, I think I'm going to move it. And by the way, your sellers do move their bottom line number in accordance how you offer. And it's a psychological edge. I want you to understand this. When you make an offer, think about anything. If you sold something on eBay, you sold the car, you sold the boat, sold the house. If the price is 300000 okay, and you throw it out there and go, man, I'd take three hundred with my eyes shut. I'm expecting the first offer to come in about 250 260 And say I come in and I go, listen, I'll give you 289 for it. You're going to be like, I don't know. Because you were thinking 300 ago, man, I can get 315 out of this guy. He's such an idiot. He just, he's like overpaying it. I know how the, everybody negotiates on real estate. So if you know that going into it, you have to change the conversation. How do you change the conversation? Lower your initial offer. Your initial offer is not going to be the final outcome, but it does condition and prime your seller expectations. Now, if the property's worth 300, and the seller's thinking the least I can take is 270. Okay. In the previous one, I offered 260, 265. They're going to push their offer up to get you there. Now, here's a different approach. You ready? What if you go in and offer 200? Now, I almost guarantee you're going to get rejected. That's the point. All of a sudden, by doing that, you're not chasing the seller, which most of you are way over pursuing your seller. And the seller's just like, holy crap, that's kind of a low number. I wasn't thinking that low, but I know I said 300 as 270. Let me just try to get them to 250. Let me just try to get it up. I got to like save this deal. That's what's going on behind the scenes. You just don't see it. And you let your ego get in the way and you let idiots teach you this business. I'm here to tell you, I've done this wrong so many times the first two years of my career. If you learn to have an amazing conversation and connect with sellers, you can easily get away with the going for no. Your going for no is the secret here. You guys know where I'm leaning in on this. You see, you got to understand, wholesalers do not try to comp every deal. It's a waste of your time. If I get 10 deals on my desk, you know the first thing I look for? I don't even look at the number. What's going on with the seller? Why do they want to sell? And I only take those 10 and I'm going to find the ones that need to sell. And I'll find three that need to sell. And from that three, I'll find one that wants to do a great deal. But a lot of you wholesalers that learn the business wrong, you get 10 leads, you hammer 10 people. And what's the first thing you do? You spend hours comping deals that you have zero shot because these are people that want to sell their house they don't need to sell their house. And honestly, if you don't distinguish between want and need, 
Don't ever comp a property unless they need to sell the property. That's rule number one here. If you do that, so listen, if I got 30 leads and say 30 leads, say you spent an hour comping every lead, that's 30 hours. You're going to give up almost an entire week of your life comping. The reality is you're only going to be able to comp about three of those deals and only one's even going to consider doing a deal with you. Okay, stop thinking like a realtor. It's going to get you nowhere. Do not comp every deal that comes across your desk. Period. End of story. And guys, I'm not even going to tell you how to comp. ListRei.com, Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com. Just take a quick glance at it, look at it, see what the seller wants to sell it for, and you got an idea. So if the property is worth 300 and the seller wants to sell it for 480, I'm not even going to make an offer on the property unless I know something really weird's happening on the property, something extremely motivating. That's somebody who wants to sell it. Go waste 10 realtors time and each realtor is going to spend two hours with them. I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to get paid for it. And guys, no matter what I do in this business, I can't make people sell a house. Okay. I'm not looking to buy every house. You got to understand as a wholesaler, we're only looking for a small percentage of the population that needs to sell their house. There is plenty of people that need to sell their house because they didn't take care of it. They have financial situations. We are not predatory, but we are here to solve a problem. Pawn shops all over the country, they operate just like this. We are the exact same thing in real estate. That's just the bottom line on it. Okay? So knowing that you comp upon signs of a motivated seller. Now, once I know someone's motivated, I'm going to go into my quick, quick. So my initial comp is two minutes or less. I look at it. Uh, I got an idea. Anybody can do it. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on your computer. It's never been easier. You guys got to understand when I first started wholesaling 21 years ago, I had to go see a realtor to even figure out a comp. And it was beyond painful when I did it. It was average 30 to 45 minutes every time I did it. And a lot of times I had to pay the realtor just to convince them to get off their butt to do it. Now, I don't even bother comping unless I know there's a sign of a motivation. It's just a waste of my time. If you guys just follow this rule, I'll put 20 hours back into your work week. So once we do that, we just go for the no. And here's where a lot of you think, how do I go for the no? It's so simple. I can't even believe I have to shoot a video on this. The whole idea of the go for no is so you don't chase your seller and your seller knows you're not going to overreach. And it actually pulls out the seller's motivation naturally. Instead of some, some fake BS sales pitch, it allows you to be your authentic self. Here's the key. If you're not going to take the time to build rapport, have an amazing conversation, this technique will not work. And that's why most wholesalers and gurus can't grasp the concept of how me and Zach teach this. If you just go in, hey, Mr. Seller, I know uh, I saw your properties. They sold on 300. Will you take 100? If you do that in the first five seconds you meet them, just slam the door in your face, kick yourself on the butt because it's just going to happen over and over. I never said do it that way. But if you take time to get to know people, understand them, find signs of motivation, and then do this when it comes to the negotiation part, you will actually make incredible progress. Going for no means the first response you want from your seller when it comes to a negotiation on price is no. Rick, why do I want to know? 
because a no is where the meat of a negotiation starts. Can you imagine if everybody you went made an offer said yes? It, I really wish it was that easy. It's not the truth of the business. And by you offering your MAO, trying to get the closest price and get that yes, because you've been taught your entire life by your parents, your brother, your sister, your school teacher, high school, college, if you went to college, and then you go out, all your friends are about yes people. You actually have to do the opposite to get what you want in life. You see, it's completely a setup. If you go for no, you have now learned how to play poker and being true and authentic about it. I'm not telling you to wear sunglasses or do anything like that. By doing this, when you get a no, you get a counter. Rick, I could never take that price. I expect it. So I'm not scared or shocked by it. But now, so which way would you rather do it? Say, hey, Mr. Seller, what's the lowest, cheapest price you can sell me your property? Or how about this? Mr. Seller, I've had an amazing conversation with you and I appreciate all your time. Listen, I looked at the I looked at some comps in the area. I seen the working these on the house. Would you consider offer around 150,000? Just shut up and let them respond. 9 times out of 10, you're going to get you're going to feel like you got hit with a train. If you're still sitting in front of me, you're not kicked out, you did your job. I could never take an offer that low. I talked over with me and my wife. The least we can take is 195,000. In your MAO, you were going to offer 240. I just made you 50 grand. You can see if you're truly going to sell discounted properties and discount discounted contracts specifically is what I teach. There has to be money in it. And if you do not make a low enough offer, there's never enough money. And most of you put it under contract for way too high. And then you reach out to me and go, Rick, can you help me comp this property? I can't move it. And I say, how many sellers did you contact? I contacted one or two way too low. It should be 15 or 20. Number two, what did they tell you? And if they all say you overpaid for it, take the hint. Get out of the contract or renegotiate it. But in the future, learn how to use the go for no method. It really works. So how do we use the go for no method? A lot of people like, and I'm here to tell you, it's actually simple. The reality is it's simple, but most of you are scared to do it because it's wildly uncomfortable. Get used to it. This is how the business works. This allows you to truly be your authentic self without playing games. This is the one part where you're doing by using the go for no method. Here's what happens. You get to an end result much faster and you actually de-stress the situation because the number gets out there and you can get in a true negotiation. Very rarely when I do this method, do I not get a response? It happens. People are unpredictable, but for the most part, you will get a reaction and you will get a counter. What are you going to do? Ask people like, what's the cheapest you'll sell me the property? And even if you do, are you truly going to get the cheapest price? Really? Okay. So how do we do it? First thing we have to understand, we focus on the LAO, not the MAO. It doesn't say we don't know our MAO, our maximum allowable offer, but why don't you figure out what the LAO is first? And you're like, Rick, how the hell do I figure out what the LAO is? And I want you guys to figure out your own LAO. There, there, so I don't have like this 70% formula for you. It's crazy. 
So you know how you all want to do a formula for your uh, MAO? You take the ARV, which is the after repaired value, you know, minus off the repairs and you multiply it by 72.6943%. Okay, listen, if you got a deal, you have a motivated teller, you put it under contract for a good price and you got someone's going to pay you more, that's what wholesaling is. End of story. You don't need a 10-page monologue on this. So the LAO is used so you can induce a counter and make sure you're getting the property at the lowest possible price your seller's willing to do. You're never going to make them sell you something, but stop guessing what your sellers think. Once you stop guessing what they think, because your MAO translation is your ability to try to do ESP and figure out what your seller's thinking. You'll never know what they're thinking. Some of them are thinking sh like way over the moon and some want to give the property away, but they're never going to tell you that initially. So we have to calculate the LAO. So if you're going to make me give you a percentage, I'll do it. But here's what I used to do when I figured this out. Okay. I had no name for it. I just like, Rick, whatever offer you're going to make minus 50 grand off of it. Use that as one of your handicaps. So if you were going to offer 200, offer 150. And then you're going to go, well, wait a minute. Don't I have to minus off repairs and da, 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 da. Stop. You're overthinking this, okay? You're way overthinking this. Here's what you can do. You ready? Your LAO, simply, your least allowable offer, take whatever the ARV is. And the ARV, listen, if you see major repairs, just Minus off that number in your head. But I, I don't like to do multiple factors. Take your ARV and multiply it by 50 or 60%. That's it. Or do the handicap method and take 30 or 50 grand off whatever offer you're going to do. For God's sakes, whatever you do, stop being a realtor. Realtors spend forever doing comps. Wholesalers just do comps when they have to. And the reality is why I came up with the so I have the two minute because you have to quickly assess. I get so many deals on my desk every day. I two minutes would be forever if I did that. So luckily I have a computer that helps me out with a lot of stuff, but it still takes a human brain to process this stuff. So when you're doing comps, if you spent more than 10 minutes doing the comp, it means you're searching, you're hunting for that perfect comp to justify what you just did with the seller. And you deep down know it's wrong. You know, you chased the seller, you overpaid for it. And now you think a cash buyer is going to bail you out if you find a comp to justify it. The reality is if you find that retail comp, you're going to need a realtor to bail you out of it because it's going to take forever to sell it. That has nothing to do with wholesaling. And that's why I am so adamant about separating how a wholesaler comps a property. And once you understand that distinguishing line, it's easy. In the last five years, for some reason, wholesaling has blended into like realtor world. And it's done a major disservice to a lot of your wholesalers. Honestly, it's the number one reason why probably 60 to 70% of the wholesalers have left this business. Why? Because when a rocket ship's going to the moon and everyone's making money, everybody looks like a hero. And the minute you have a hiccup and the market changes, the people that were riding the wave, they always leave first. They'll come back. Don't worry. Cause they're going to try all their other stuff. They're, they're going to try trading online. They're going to try uh, some sort of Amazon store and they're going to go around, try to rip people off everywhere. And the reality is 
a true a wholesaler that wants to really learn the art of this business, they figure it out. This business always changes. It's been changing since the day I started it. But there are some core fundamentals that never change. This, ladies and gentlemen, never changes. And anyone who tells you to become a comping specialist, ask them if they have a realtor's license. Just ask them and it will direct you towards where you're being steered towards because that's what realtors do. So um, I want you to do what a wholesaler does. What does a wholesaler do? Here's, a, here's my crafty word for you, ready? Here's what wholesalers do. We don't spend time comping everything. I, like, honestly, if you ask me to comp something, I, I'm, I've got a lot more questions for you, okay? Comping is just data. That's all it is. If you need me to help me pull data, we need to have a bigger conversation. So what is it a, real, real, <laughs> a wholesaler does? We are marketing ninja conversational artist, period. I know it's horrible English. I don't give a crap. My English teacher would destroy me on this. My wife would probably destroy me on this. What I put in this right here, it's the absolute truth. We're marketing ninjas and we're conversational artists. If you can master these two things in wholesaling, you will be fantastic in this business. Comping, do you see comping below here? No, because comping is data. You can't control data. Data is just factual information that is delivered to you. What you can't control, how hard you market. Learn how to market. Learn how to connect with motivated sellers. And number two, learn how to become a conversational artist. The art of talking to people and getting them to agree with you is a skill set everybody has built into them. Listen, when you're, look no further. If you have children or remember when you were growing up, I was, I was at a Home Depot the other day and they have these cute little shiny things at the checkout. I think there were lollipops and some other stuff. And there were two little kids, cute as could be. They're like, mommy, please, please, please. Can I have it? Please, pretty, pretty, please. Pretty, please was always my favorite when I was a kid. Mom goes, no, we don't really need that. We're just here to get stuff for dad. And we got to listen. And then they go like this. And then, then they go last ditch effort. I will do anything. I mean, anything. You tell me, do anything. I'll go clean my room. I'll be quiet. I'll do my homework when I get home. And mom's like, eh. And mom's thinking like, oh my God, like we might have a trade here. And the kid's like, I will, I will do whatever you want. I'll even, I'll even wash the dog when I get home, mom. Mom gave in and did it. What were these kids? These kids were conversational artists. Now, the begging is a little bit of a Kids are cute and they get away with it. I'm just saying, if you thought more like a kid when you dealt with your motivated sellers, you would understand how the process works, okay? The main difference here is, guys, is realtors go for a, a yes. They want that initial yes on the listing agreement. Wholesalers actually need to go for the no. And if you understand the difference, the comping is never going to put you over the top. The comping is just a piece of data and it constantly moves either way. Okay. So you just kind of get in the middle and go, okay, it's worth 200. She wants 150. I think I can make this work. Period. But if it's worth 200, you go in and offer 180 and she says yes or says 190, you never know if the 150 was going to work because you never gave it a shot because you didn't use the go for no. But Trust me if you would or not, I got 21 years behind me and I love this business. So 
this is my opinion, but I'm telling you guys, I have a lot of data to back this up and it makes a difference in my business right now. I use this as we speak right now today. And if you'll use the strategy, I believe I can help you become an amazing wholesaler. So without further ado, let me pop this off of here and let's see here. You guys are answering tons of questions. Um, one sec. Okay. So you guys answered most of the questions. There's nothing earth shattering. Somebody asked about... Eric, can you explain the sticky note method and what we should write? It's real simple. First, if you want to learn how to do it, go over to freeholesling.com. We teach it in detail. But <clears throat> you take a list, preferably like a government list. So if you took like the water shutoffs or code violations, you get the address, you figure out your route. And then you get like a yellow sticky note. Heck, it can be pink. It can be purple. I don't care. And you put on there, I got a quick question about your house. You put your name and your phone number on there. And then you get a very high percentage callback rate because they think it's a personal note. And then you just engage a conversation and qualify them from there. So it's as uh, simple as that. So hopefully that helps you out. So what's up, Eric? I appreciate it. You know, I actually do share some truth bombs on here because I don't have anything to sell you. So if you guys get the truth, and honestly, the really cool part about everything that I do on this channel and everything I do with freeholesaling.com and Flip with Rick is me and Zach have more testimonials than any. We've already done the math on it than any other teacher in the wholesaling space, period, end of story. Anybody wants to challenge me, you know exactly where to find me. We get probably 30, 40 a day, not a month, not a lifetime. That results in thousands and thousands. Here's the really cool part. People are actually learning it for free. So it destroys the entire thing where you have to make a huge investment in yourself you have to make an investment in yourself. Number one, you got to believe in yourself. And number two, you got to take action. And number three, you actually have to learn from people who actually do this business and don't focus full time on selling you a course. That's my rant. I'm out. Okay, let's go online. Let's jump on. Um, hold on one second. I got to I gotta hit the speaker on here and uh, I am stretched across the studio. So give me one second. I'll hop back in here. Ah, okay. Hopefully I can hear people now. So let me jump on here. What's up, Jason? How you doing? Hey, Rick. I'm doing good. How are you, man? Good, man. Long time no speak. What's going on, man? Not much. So oh, I had a quick had question. A question. Go ahead. Maybe I'll have a short answer. Probably doubtful, though. <laughs> For some What's reason. up? Okay. Okay. So anyways, I, I had a lady call me from a probate um, and she called me today. She called me from a probate letter and I talked to her for about 15, 15, 20 minutes. The ARV of the house is around 175,000. She told me that she wants to get 130,000 for it or just I asked her how much she's looking to get. She said around 130,000. 
the house was her dad's. He passed away. Her mm -hmm. and her sister live in New York State, and I'm the house is here in South Carolina. So I asked her if there's any way that I can go look at it before they they're they're coming down next month uh, in, uh -huh. in about 28 days. And so I asked them if there's any way that I can go look at the house beforehand, you know, before they get here mm -hmm. so that maybe we can get an agreement written up. And, you know, by the time they get here, maybe we can close it or shortly. Yeah. after. And uh she said no she's not comfortable with showing the house with you know she's not comfortable with me going inside she's okay with me going there and kind of just walking around outside yeah and so my question is how can i how can i lock it up beforehand without actually looking inside and and do you think i should do that or should i just wait until they get here how she far said, away from how far away are you from the house um, it's about, it's about 45 minutes away. And she's coming down what, like three weeks? Yeah. She's coming down October 10th. So is she willing to write a deal with you right now? So I, I asked her that and she said most likely, but she has to run it by her sister too, because it's both of so theirs. Here's what I do. I would do both. I would. I would write it up and put it under contract and then I would put a 30 day inspection period because for three weeks, there's not much you can do. And that gives you like one week and you can actually start testing the waters with it. And nine times out of 10, if when you're going, you know, up that way, down that way, whichever way you're going, uh -huh. nine times out of 10, you can get a good sense of the house, just driving by it and just walking the perimeter. Yeah. The biggest thing is you have to avoid is I, and I've got smacked so many times on a probate in this. I try to on it like, okay, when I meet you here, sometimes I get there and there's four other investors that show up or she's like, That's oh, what I'm sorry. I entered into another contract because it's such a low price point and being a probate, I would lock it up and go, listen, what we'll do is if she asks you, why did you put a 30 day inspection? I go, listen, the reality is you're not going to be down there for three weeks. I can't buy what I can't see. So that gives us like a five to seven day inspection period and it makes perfect sense. And then drive by and take a look at it. And then you'll have to put two and two together and it, it'll be easy to ask for a discount if you need it. If the house was trashed or it's really outdated on the inside and do the math. But in this case right. scenario, I would a hundred percent lock it up before she gets here because okay, I, I've lost, I, I can't even tell you how many deals I've lost doing it. It just, we didn't have this till like the last really six or seven years when everybody was trying to do wholesaling. So you're going to have someone that's going to be super aggressive, a virtual wholesaler, and they're going to put it under contract. Yeah. She said that there was a couple other people interested. So that's why I'm trying to like put it under contract. 30 day inspection. 30 day. If she asks why, explain it to her. Okay. And then when you're out and about, you know, if you can do some intel without killing yourself drive by and look at it and you, you kind of put two and two together. And then at least when you meet with her, you have a game plan. Like, is it worse than you thought? Is it better than you thought? And honestly, if, is anybody living in the house? No, it's vacant, but the power is on. I asked her that and it is on. And that's a good sign. And honestly, you can kind of peek through the windows, but you can peek yeah. through the windows without tipping off another investor that you have a really good deal. And that's what I would do. Like end of story. Yeah. So it's, 
okay. little bit further than you uh, like it to be for you, but like on a probate, sometimes you just got to do like some extra things, but put it under contract because someone's just, what happened is somebody virtually is going to like push and push and go, listen, I'll just go ahead and put it under contract now. And they'll offer her more money. Right. I'll give it to you 135 or not. I'll put it under contract. Go listen, I'm going to do 130 and take your face value, what you said, but we need to take a look at it and we'll go from there. And there's put yeah. a 30 production period on it. So, so you think I should, I should go at go for the 130 in the agreement? Just do it for now. You can change the price when you get there. Yeah, true. Okay. Remember, you're guessing on the hip. So yeah. the only thing this does is lock out all your competition around you. That's right. it. So that doesn't mean you're paying 130 for it. And you know, you might get there. It might be a great deal. And like, she goes, no, 130. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we're good to go. And at that point, you can still try. Now, I'm okay for you trying for one reduction when you get there because you're shooting from the hip. Right. And I go, listen, after looking at everything, like 110 is the best. I think 110 is where I need to be. I know I said 130, but, and then hopefully you have something to give you fuel, maybe a little roof leak or something. Uh -huh. But if it's in good shape and you're at the lower price point, these, these properties, they move pretty quickly. Yeah. And when she said 130 right off the bat, I was like, okay, we're all, I'm already at a pretty low number. So that yep. almost works already. Yeah. And they, these are easy to renegotiate. If you, if you go in and it's completely trash or something, you go, well, you know, it, it told me over the phone, it was in good shape. And I get here. She's like, I know I didn't, I didn't expect it. Yeah. Yeah. But you actually hope it's in good shape because if it's in good shape, 130 just might work guys. Sometimes when the property yeah. is in good shape and you pay a little bit more for it, it makes it easier for everybody. Right. Plus you can start pre-marketing the property now and just start getting an idea of it. I would do a drive-by yeah. where you did that and just get an idea. And if the power's on, they're taking care of the lawn and there's not like siding hanging off the side of it. It's a good sign. It's a good deal, but you, yeah. you never know. So just, you're basically optioning it. You're good to go. But like I I've been beaten out by so many other virtual wholesalers and I learned that's my what I don't want to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Ju just curious, Rick, if, if she says no, no, me and my sister don't want to get in an agreement right now until we're there in person. What should I do in that scenario? There's not, there's not She's much not motivated enough. Well, there's not much you can do, but you could listen. I'd always tell her, listen, you wanted the certainty and just say, listen, if you meet me, and you don't think I'm the honorable man that, and I'm the right buyer for it, then I will graciously exit the contract. Nine times out of 10, they won't. Like, right. Sometimes you got to shoot from the hip a little bit. Honestly, guys, I've entered in agreements. I go, listen, if you don't like me when I meet you or like I rub you the wrong way, I'll cancel the contract right there for you. Yeah. I've never, ever, ever had that happen. And they I think only they like hearing that though. Yeah. And they don't, like, because sometimes they deal with people that are just unseating. And like, the reality is sometimes they meet people and they're rough. They're like, it go, you know, sometimes the reality is like, even when Zach went and looked at properties when he was 16, 17, he had it. He's like, you can't buy this. And they would like beat him up. And then either I would get involved, but I taught Zach how to talk through it. And he always said at the end of the day, my money's green, just like everybody else's don't underestimate me. But, um, right. Like, honestly, if they're honorable people like that, like you, you won't have an issue and they'll actually, and then after you, if you can get it under contract, 
you always have one or two more communications to them to kind of just sell them on yourself. Go, listen, um, you know, I'm excited to meet up with you. Um, do you have any questions that you want to pose to me before we meet up? If I have to need to bring anything and just stuff like that. Right. But with that caveat, I've never had someone say, I want to get out of the contract with you. Cause you got to understand yeah. like a cancellation requires two people's consent. Now you can never make someone close and you all have to remember that. So if you think somebody go, oh, I put them under contract, I got a great deal. And then you don't communicate or the people feel like they get burnt. They don't close on you. And then that's when right. you guys start pouring your memorandums. So who cares? I go, listen, I tell you what, if you don't like me and you don't think I'm the honorable person that you think I am on the phone, if we meet in person after that, you want to get out of that, I'll rip the contract up and call it a day. But yeah, if you're in sell this and you think I'm reputable and you think I'm going to be easy to deal with, we already get one piece of the paper out of the way. And most people assign this are the ones that want certainty. They don't want to deal with hundreds of phone calls from realtors, investors, and stuff like that. And hopefully yeah. you have that type of person. But if that doesn't work, well, you, can only, you can only push so hard and then just find out when she's going to be in town and be the first person there. Yeah. Well, she called me today for a reason. I mean, the letter I sent out like a month ago. So she called me today, you know, three weeks early. So I have a feeling that's what she wants to do is lock it and up. Just be nicely so. and guided along. And then what you can also do is I find sometimes the elderly people are not big fans of the electronic signatures. They don't trust them. They think it's shady. And they don't uh, know how to sign in because they still got their AOL, AOL account from 1992. <laughs> if they get frustrated when you try that process, go, listen, here's what I'm going to do. What, what, where do you live right now? Oh, beautiful state. Blah, blah. And I just, I go, what if I just overnight you uh, a traditional contract? I'll have a little sticky note where you need to sign and it won't cost you a dime when you're done. You just stick it back in your, uh, you just give it back to your mailman or stick it in your, uh, your post office box uh -huh. in your mailbox and they'll pick it up for you. And honestly, about 30% of our agreements are done that way. People just like document, like with docu who that what I don't, yeah. I, I don't even check my emails. They don't yeah. check their time. <laughs> and once you start going like, well, how about, why don't I just mail it to you? And guys, when you mail it, it costs about 30 bucks to do it. I'm like, trust me, it's an insurance policy. And then what you do when you go to the, the postal service, ask them to put a returned mailer in there. Now, here's the key on the, uh -huh. the one you get back to. You don't need to do that overnight, but you can do it priority mail. You get it in two to three days tops and it has right. a track number and you can tell when they put it back in the mail. It's 30 bucks, guys. And yeah. the people like it, they get a hard copy. And what I do is I put a copy in it for them so them to keep. And it's that simple. That makes Man, it really I, easy for them. Yeah. And you can go by uh, Office Depot with the little arrows and says sign here. And yeah. if you're using a two-page contract, ours are really simple. And whatever documents you need to sign, and then you have an, an agreement. But I love DocuSign. But guys, I'm telling you, you I've lost plenty of deals trying to squeeze an old person on DocuSign. And they get wildly uncomfortable. And honestly, if you just go, I tell you what, why don't I just do it old school? I, are you okay receiving some mail from me? Like, oh boy, your trust factor just went up. People <laughs> like it. Yeah, because it's physical paper. Stuff. Correct. And it's like, that's it. And and sometimes even then they go, well, when I meet you, how do I know what you're going to look back? I go, I'll put a picture in the envelope for you. I drive, you know, a, a, a 
I got a blue station wagon, nothing fancy or like, and I'm very, very straightforward with them. And that's it. DocuSign, eh, when they start giving you resistance, stop trying to shove it down their mouth. You need their consent. They don't need yours. So you right. always have to go. Everyone's like, I don't want to spend 30 bucks. 30 bucks to make 10 to 30 grand? That's nothing. I know. So just do it like that way. And a lot of times when I know they don't have an email or anything, I don't even bother with DocuSign. Now, if they have their daughter involved and they want to do it that way, then they're actually completely comfortable with it and they walk them through it. Yeah. The third way you can do it is you could send a mobile notary to the house, but you don't really need the notary service. But um, sometimes it's hard to track people down. And so it's about $75 to $100 to send a notary. But damn, they're good at getting signatures. They will go and just get a contract signed for you. You don't even have to have it notarized and still pay their fee. Now, a lot of times I have it notarized, so I know it's legitimately done. But that's a third option for you guys. And it works really, really well. That's like having an employee for 75 bucks. You'll go get this lady's signature <laughs> for me and they'll set up an appointment. Now, you don't know what they're going to say and how they're going to react. So that part's a little bit risky. But I've had people that are difficult and I use the notary thing and it worked well. Yeah. And sometimes they like that service because they feel like it's legitimate. So yeah. <laughs> you can use a mobile notary and you go, how do I use a mobile? It's a notary one, two, three. I think it's a notary one, two, three. And to have them sign it and they feel all of it. And by the way, when they, if you do a mobile notary, it makes the seller feel like you're extremely legit. Nobody yeah. ever backs out of a contract that's notarized. They just, it's just <laughs> like a mental thing. So you guys got to, and honestly, when you have people that are like, even iffy, go in your local, go bring them to your title company and have the, uh, have the contract notarized. People are just like, they give so much validation to notaries. Use it. So remember guys, okay. you, can't make, All right. you can't make people do stuff. So I love people. They sign the contract. I go, yeah, but like if they don't like you, they're going to kick you out anyways. Like they won't go to the closing table. So right. if you have to give it a clause, I go, if I'm not the man you think I am, then I'll let you out of the contract. And people are like, oh my God, he's going to put his reputation on the line. I love this guy. <laughs> Little ladies love that stuff. I mean, chivalry is is slowly dying and almost gone. And if you just treat a lady like a lady, you'd be so this is all part of being a conversational artist. Like right up what I, I talked about today in my teachings. Like just learn to connect with people, learn to pleasantly compliment them without making it a big deal. And they really they just like it's just something about them. I just like them. It's just the way you talk to people. So you're good. Lock it up, dude. Yeah. You know what to do. I'm going to do it, Rick. I appreciate your time, man. I'll okay, talk man. to you next time. Okay. Right, thanks. Bye. Later. Okay. So guys, that goes, that goes for anybody else doing this. You've got, you've got to understand you got to lock these deals up. You got to lock them. Okay. Let's take the, uh, let's take the next one here. Where am I? Am I missing? Okay. Jordy, you there? Jordy. Going once. I see a face. And it disappeared. Jordy, I just can't hear you. I don't know if you can hear me. There we go. I can hear you. How you doing, man? No, I'm doing good. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to connect here so I could 
so you can see my face on person. It's okay, man. As long as I, the voice is the most important part. So, okay. Well, basically, uh, just to break it down. Well, thanks to you guys. Um, you guys have been help, been able to help me a lot on my journey. Because uh, um, this year, I've been I've been in wholesaling and flipping houses for like a year and a half now. Uh-huh. And uh, this year, we've been able to like make, as of year to date, we've been able to do $270,000 in assignments. Um, and I also, and $100,000 in flips. And then we have like over three hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, of flips, like of profits that we're estimating to make at the end of this year. That's so, awesome. How long you been doing this for? For a year and a half. It's yeah, amazing. For... So let me ask you a question. Why I got you kind of on there because people got to understand. Ed, mm -hmm. Did you do most of it just through like freewholesaling.com and just yeah, like a lot of it? Life? Yeah, a lot of it. Yep, a lot of it. A lot of. I also. I mean, I try to go through a through a course. I'm not gonna name no names, but a lot of the stuff that's on there. I mean, it's everything is literally free on what you guys teach. Yeah. Well, listen. It's. I've already told everyone the, the information, the whole thing. It's all out there now. Yeah. There's a lot of really bad information out there, like this. Let me ask you, you. Do you search MLS every day, like endlessly, to find your wholesale deals? No, no, I do a lot of direct to direct, direct to a seller. All of my deals, all of them have just come direct to sell. Or like, okay, it's so all can you, yeah, can you tell people if what you think would happen if you switch solely to MLS? What do you think would happen to your wholesaling business? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get any. I wouldn't. I would probably. Yeah, uh, a lot of revenue would get cut down. It's it's a it would be a nightmare, guys. And I'm just like. There's so many courses out there that teach all these like strategies. Listen, I don't know everything and there's plenty of talent out there. It was like, for the most part, if you just learn the, the core part of wholesaling and then you're only a year and a half into this, trust me, you're going to find niches within the niche and you're going to run with it. And then you'll redefine it. And as if I go off in my glory years, then someone like you can take my spot and go, okay, Rick taught me the hardcore stuff, Zach, and I got up and running Zach. And then eventually you'll show people like the light. I, I don't know why everybody thinks one person owns, one person invented this crap. Wholesaling has been around, guys. I, I It's literally 250 years. I, I went to Washington, D.C. They have an entire thing on American housing there. And they showed a guy back in the early – I mean, even before America was settled, he was going around town to town flipping – uh, uh, contracts, basically assignments. And people are like, what the hell is this guy doing? And he was one of the wealthiest men and he figured out how to help people out with real estate by putting them under contract and then selling the contract. So almost 300 years. And I got people this day saying, I invented wholesaling. I, I'm the God, my favorite, I'm the godfather of wholesaling. Come on, man. Like it's absolutely crazy. So where are you located, Jordy? Houston, Texas. Okay. I dude, are you are you coming out to our live event October 19th, 20th? No, I should, huh? You you better. <laughs> I mean, just hit up me and Zach because we would we would love to have you out. Um it, it's I, I just think it'd be really cool. It's like where, so guys, where, if you know, we're, we're having where, it here 
in Stewart, Florida, October 19th, 20th. Um, and here's how it does. If you've, if you've done a JV deal with us, you get to go for free. Um, and then the people that are flip with Rick plus members, we usually, um, we're including in, and we do it twice a year. So we're actually in six months, we're probably going to be coming to Texas. Worst case scenario, I can catch you on the backside over there. But, uh, and all we do is like, we deep dive for two days in wholesaling. I don't take you on a boat ride. I don't have a fancy swag package to give you, but what I want to give you is right up in here. Okay. So if you had, package. you know, swag, like you go there, you get like a backpack, you get like a, you get like a really cool shirt. You guys are paying for all that stuff. That's the thing you got to understand. You pay for all that crap. When you go to an event for three or $5,000, you're paying for all that crap they give you. With me, we just go in and go, listen, do you want a t-shirt or do you want to spend two hours and sit and talk to me about like wholesaling? And I will personally talk about your business and have you deep dive into it. If you want to send me a DM, I'll find a way to get you there. Where, um, where, where on, on Instagram? Uh, yeah, hit Zach up and just say, I spoke to Rick. Is there any way I can connect with the event? I'll talk to Zach about it. Okay. Do some JV deals with us, something like that. Or like you would get a lot of value, like flip with Rick plus. Cause we, we just like deep dive. I, I have um, two guys I just brought in there. Um, they're approaching the half million dollar mark in their first year. And I walked them through their first deal and now they're doing so much. And they're like, once you get it, I'll show you how to run it under, like go crazy. And it's not for everybody, but like, the people that truly get wholesaling and they do it the way I do it, I can show you almost how to get unlimited amount of leads, but you got to like, but that part of it is just now we come up with a business plan and we go into a deep marketing strategy. And I think you could really benefit from that because you already know I'm, I've already shown you the path to get there. So if, if you're netting like 250 now, let's show you how to double it because here's the really cool part. To double what you're doing now is just a couple minor changes. It's not as much as you think it is. And that's about scaling and getting people to help you do the things. It's not about, I don't have a program that I got. Oh, here's a $30,000 upgrade and I'll show you how to really scale your business. I'm like, no. And I've taken probably a dozen people within the Flip with Rick Plus and I've partnered up on them because Here's how I truly make my money. I truly make it wholesaling, guys. I do not make it off like students and all that other stuff. Any amounts I charge you guys that does it, it just offsets the cost of it. Little known fact, if you guys knew how much freewholesaling.com cost me and Zach per year, you'd be in shock. It's not a tiny, tiny little budget. You have to have private servers. It's big time. You guys know what an editor costs? I mean, you got to pay someone 75, 80 grand a year just to edit videos and do all this stuff. We spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why? Because it's a great marketing funnel for it. We enjoy it. Plus, you guys get to learn the business. And there's countless people just like you that like really knock it out of the park. And that's all I want to do with it. And people are like, oh, yeah, they do it for free. Doesn't call. I go, anybody who knows, carry around three, 400,000 followers on all your different platforms. It's expensive, guys. It ain't cheap. I'm okay with it. My goal is to partner up with someone like you and really show you how to hit it out of the park because instead, or so I, you always hear me talking about running a marathon, right? Marathon versus a sprinter, right? I lost Jordy, but I talk about a marathon versus a sprinter. What's a sprinter do? It's a guy who goes, I'm going to do this wholesale coaching thing. 
And then he hires a coach of the coach, whatever. Guy goes, oh, you can do it. He starts coaching. He goes, I'm going to charge $5,000 for my service because I'm going to make a killing. And they do it. And some of them actually make millions doing it. But guess what? They never get any further. And their following usually tends to die off. And they never get out of that niche. Not me and Zach. Like we've done it completely opposite from every other guru in this business. And it shows. Because I could take three or five grand from all of you up front. And honestly, I'd make plenty of money doing it. But why not get you on the back end when you come extremely profitable and go, listen, I'll show you how to make more money. And I'm going to make money along with you. Who the hell? Else? Nobody does that. And that's the difference because I look at wholesaling as a marathon. Most coaches and fluids look at it from a sprinter's level. Like how can I take as much money as I can now? And they do the business for a couple of years and they all wane and they all find out guys. I could give you the whole of shame of everyone, all, all the coaches that have left wholesaling. And what do they say? It doesn't work anymore. No, you don't work. That's the difference. Drives me nuts. Okay. Jordy, hey, make sure um, you hit up me and Zach and uh, we'll work on uh, getting away over there. So I see you there, man. I bounced you off. There you are. There you go. <laughs> so you understand the difference between like a marathon and a sprinter? I talk about it all the time. Yes. It would have been easy for me to charge you three or five grand up front. And you would have struggled with the decision. And you go all in. And then where do I go from there? Like. I've already maximized what I can take from you. But if I believe in you, I know you, you're going to make millions in this business. I can just forge a relationship and eventually come back to you and go, listen, let's go and make real money. And I'm not going to go, hey, Jordy, give me 30K. I'm going to show you how to really do this. Mm -hmm. so when I charge you 30K, it means I don't think you're going to do it. And I'm going to protect my interest and not yours. I do it the complete, just give it away for free. Let's see who wants to play. I am absolutely destroying every guru's like business model out there and they hate me and Zach for it, but Hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game. I, 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 don't I, I always wondered why, like, I was like, man, is this probably the reason why you guys really don't be on podcasts and all that stuff? Cause Hey, I, but, but I get more testimonials and I don't ask anyone for a testimonial. <laughs> People just do it like because they feel so good about it. They're like, listen, these guys are really doing the good things. And how long have I been doing this? I mean, we're going on uh, three and a half years. Yeah. And, that they, and I was told I was told by some some of the very influential characters in this business. They go, you'll never keep this up. I'm not even worried about it. I'm like, I just look now I'm like who's laughing now? Like your numbers are tanking. And like, but I guys, I don't look at the numbers. I just like. How can we make more and better wholesalers? And that's it. And the reality is if you take my free wholesaling.com and I got you excited and you did nothing, I sleep really good at night because I don't rip people off. I don't care. But someone like you that actually takes action, like, holy crap, this stuff works. That's what it's there for. Yeah. You I, guys I, I, watched, I watched you guys. You have no, you have no idea how many videos I've watched of you. I know. It is. It's just, it's not an easy path. And would you say that, the, the reality and the truth of wholesaling outside of me and Zach, it's just not really shared with people. And no. that's the problem. It's like, you're going to be a millionaire. Don't worry about it. Just pay me the three or five grand. I'll show you how to do it. It'll be no problem. And the reality is the business has over a 95% failure ratio. As soon as, as soon as you pay for a course, I mean, oh, you're not going to, you're not going to get the, the, the hands, like, like the hands on treatment. I, I mean, 
some people expect that they're going to get from a course, but that's not how it works. They give you, they give you all of the content and you still got to go take action on it. And then they're all just, all they're going to tell you as well. You didn't succeed. It's because you didn't take action. So the way me and Zach is, we can be like brutally hard on you guys. And I don't mean to do that, but like the reality is any of you guys have either had that father or that uncle, you're like, man, I, I hate this guy or listen, I had, I had problems when I was a kid. I didn't have that male role model in my life. And so I got a lot of trouble and I had to learn in my thirties on how stuff really worked. I was a good person. I had a lot of fun, but the reality is I didn't get serious about business till my thirties. You know why? Cause for like 15 years, I tried every way that broke people told me how to do it. Go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a great degree, work for a nice big fat company. All a big fat lie to me. And I guess, so I didn't figure it out in my 30s. So when my son came around, and by the way, he was brutally so much smarter than I ever was. And you guys, I had that struggle. Like, do I send him to college or not? He made the decision very easy for me. He got college completely paid. He went to the hardest university, one of the hardest universities in the entire country and got a full ride. And not only did he get a full ride, he got it done in two and a half years. And then he walked away with a chunk of money from college because I don't know, like tuitions, like they just put the money in your account. You got to pay taxes on it. But it's, I go, honestly, the greatest thing I ever told Zach is I go, I'm not paying for your school. He goes, well, dad, you got money. I go, it's not about money. It's about principle. If you want it bad enough, go. The only thing I told him is you can't sign for a student loan. That was the only thing we weren't going to do. And what did he do? He went to college, got the degree, had a great time. And he cold called from his entire dormitory and got everyone to do it with him. Oh, wow. I didn't even. Wow. He came back. He goes, you know, college is just not for me. I'm going to finish it because, but um, anybody who tells you college should have the greatest years of your life, you have a really bad teacher. Like now it can be some of the, you can have a lot of fun there because you're young and you got a lot of energy, but like you're usually broke in college or you're living on your parents' credit cards. And that ain't no way to be successful in life. So anyways, um, find, find on Instagram. Um, I'm going to make a note of it here before I leave the studio and we'll find a way. And if not, I'll, I'll meet you up in text. We're most likely, we keep saying Texas. I haven't committed to it, but it's kind of a center part of the state. And, uh, I like it. what part of Texas are you from? Houston. Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So I have one question before we head out. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So most of my deals that I've gotten, are strictly from SMS text blasting, honestly, which is surprising to me. Um, that was kind of our our primary thing. We're sending out like 50,000 texts per day. I mean, not per day, per month. Okay. Um, uh, just central, I mean, it's, it's all here locally. That's all we're doing. We've gotten like two, three deals that were just from cold calling. But aside from that, really the cold calling hasn't been something that's like, oh, I mean, we hire out VAs to do it. We train them and everything and mm -hmm. we're tracking them, all that stuff. But it's just, I don't know. I guess it's just, uh, it just hasn't worked out for us on the cold calling side of things. The other thing now that I want to venture off to is uh, because I know with texting it's getting like stricter with regulations and all that good stuff. Um, I want to kind of focus in probably a little bit more on the inbound gen like lead generating um with direct mail which is something i know that you're kind of big on 
Yeah. You, listen, um, I know your market well mm -hmm. <laughs> because I've taught three very, um, I'm not going to drop names or anything, but three very, very uh, successful people there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and a majority of their leads are from direct mail. You, your market's so damn big. Mm -hmm. So um, the numbers you could do in direct mail would be ridiculous. And the one advantage with direct mail is I've always told people it's not a place to start at. So you're well past the starting phase and you have enough experience talking to people that you could easily deal with inbound. Mm -hmm. There's a couple little nuances you need to figure out. But check out mailingmastery.com just to get a good overview. Because it's mm -hmm. straight already up true. Did. Already did. And then if you can come out October 19th, I'm going to have like my direct mail people with me. And I'm going to walk you through. And we're specifically talking about how to get your first deals with direct mail. And then uh, I'm going to offer you something like you could never, ever turn me down on. You'd be nuts to do it. And it's not a sales pitch. It's, it's the truth. I don't want people brand new starting a direct mail because it's too taxing and it scares the crap out of people. But if you have some money, you know how to talk to people and you're really looking to scale your business, you're absolutely primed for it, dude. Mm -hmm. Honestly, you need to get it started like sooner than later. I have, and I have, I have 30,000 set aside like towards direct mail. That yeah, I but we're not even going to slightly dent that budget. Like I'm just telling you, you know the deal. It's a three-month commitment because mm -hmm. that's how you get real numbers. And we we massage and work it into. But I'm here to tell you guys, like, listen, I run a large wholesaling business. I've never spent more than nine grand a month on direct mail. And I've been doing this a long time. I'm not going over that number because it just doesn't work. And I have to hire so many extra people. Keep in mind, we do the SMS. We do the cold calling. We do everything. And I do national deals all over the country. So... I'm happy. It's never about who makes the most money. It's like, who's the happiest? Who has the most time in their life? Direct mail, you'll absolutely love. Send um, send a message. I don't care how you do it because <laughs> uh, you're resourceful and I'll figure a way and get you in uh, that October 19th, 20th because I could spend time with you and actually get you off the ground. And uh, I will introduce you to three people that did exactly what you just talked about and absolutely crushed it. Now they have an entire staff and everything. And then you 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 kind of have to pivot. Like texting, you're very good at it, and I get it. And cold calling is not quite your forte, and I'm okay with it. But I have people that do either or. Mm -hmm. And the idea would be to talk to people in your similar position so you can figure out where you want to go. And keep in mind, the entire time, you go, I'm not here to sell you a damn thing at this event. It's just about to make you better. If you leave there better, you're better off for it. So send send me and zach on instagram something will connect with them i'll put a note in here we'll connect and start looking at flights now and figure out palm beach or orlando airport and it's october 19th 20th you'd be nuts not to go to this thing i'm just telling you it's going to be right up your alley i'm gonna make sure I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna send you guys a message right now and i'd like to do some stuff with you beforehand to get you primed and ready for it because this is like this. So you can, guys, you can either go to events and go, oh my God, I'm going to get a cheerleader. I'm so excited. Tony Robbins, <laughs> I love that shit. Don't get me wrong. But the reality is if you can go and actually do work and we get all the ridiculous, like basic stuff done before you get there, you can have a plan. And then afterwards we can follow up and then we can make sure you're being successful with your campaigns. That's how to get the best bang of the buck. And that's how I've set this thing up. So send me that message.
So, it's up to you. So don't do anything right now until October 19th for direct mail. Just hold off on it. Because I'm the type of no, person that's like... Set it up. It's going to take you... I mean, the thing's but basically a month away. It's going to take you two or three weeks to even set it up. Mm-hmm. So we can go ahead and get that out of the way. Okay, so go ahead and start setting it all up. Because I'm all... Yeah, okay. If, but if we, we got to get some basics going for you. Listen, either way, if you work with me or not, I don't care. I'll, I'll get you started. I'm just... I want to show you something that I haven't shared with a lot of people and I'm, I'm letting a little cat out of the bag. I'm going to share with it at that event. You're going to be blown away when you see it. Like, honestly, I've never shared it with anyone. I'm the master at direct mail. There's very few people in this country who can meet me in direct mail. Everybody follows me for my products on it. And honestly, my products I share privately with the people I really do business with because I don't want to saturate the market everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I want you to work with us. I'm going to show you how to make an incredible amount of money. You're going to be blown away. So send okay. me, send me that DM. Zach's the Instagram guy. I'm a little bit more old school, but I'll, I'll let Zach know to keep on the lookout for you. And well, we get well, 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 where can I send you a message? Uh, I'm on Instagram, but like, it's just a little bit harder for me to find it. Or uh, you can send me one on Facebook, but I get, I get hammered so bad. Just send it. We'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. You know All where right. I'm at. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. I'll see you, man. October 19th, 20th. Sounds good. Later. Okay, guys. Um, if you haven't had a chance, go to flipwithrickplus.com. If you want to work with me, if you want to do a live event, my son has never done a live event and we make it s- exclusive and special because we don't do the pomp and circumstance. You want a cheerleader? Go to a football game. If you want to learn wholesaling, Come to that event, October 19th, 20th, um, flipwithrickplus.com, or you can just go to the Flip With Rick site. And if you sign up for freewholesaling.com, you can find all the links in there. Guys, listen, if you got value from today's live, do me a favor. Make sure you are subscribed to this channel. It makes a huge difference to me. I consider it a personal thank, thank you. And it also finds other people just like you find us so they can navigate their sea of gurus and influencers to actually learn how to do wholesaling. This is the best place to do it. Guys, I appreciate you and I will see you in the next stream. See you guys. Later.